Welcome to episode three of the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host, Sam Nita, full-time British basketball advocate. We're back. It's been about six weeks, um, hopefully not too long. Um, we've got an interesting interview uh, for you this week with the BBL commercial director, David Layden Dunbar. You know, the league has taken big steps forward in the last 12 months. A lot of that coincides with his appointment um, to help grow the league commercially. You know, there's been announcements over the last few weeks um, of partnerships with uh, Spalding, uh, which is a five-year kit deal. Sports Direct, which is getting their kits in uh, one of the biggest retailers in the UK, which is obviously massive. Um, as well as a TV deal with Eurosport uh, and, and a number of other deals. And of course, uh, BBL TV, which is the league's own online um, TV player, which is going to show I think it's, you know close to 30 games over the course of the season. Um, for a pretty reasonable price. So, yeah, it was worth, uh, I thought, having a chat with him and kind of talking about how the growth of the league uh, has come about and kind of what his role has been and how he's found uh, selling British basketball to, um, you know, prospective companies and, and partners. So, yeah, the interview's only about half an hour uh, this time around. Didn't get a chance for much longer because he had to run to a meeting. Um, but I thought it was still interesting. He still said a, a lot of interesting things. So, yeah, have a listen. Uh, let me know what you think. As always, my email is sam at hoopsfix.com. Email me anytime. Let me know what you think. Uh, if you've got suggestions for guests for future episodes, again, hit me up. Um, so get subscribed on iTunes if you're not already. Leave a comment on the website um, and get some conversation going. And, of course, uh, it would always be much appreciated if you do like it and you do think uh, this is uh, worth listening to, then to leave a positive rating on iTunes to help the growth and encourage other people to listen and download. So, yeah, here it is, uh, episode three with the BBL commercial director, David Layden Dunbar. Okay, so today uh, we're joined by David Layden Dunbar, the commercial director um, of the British Basketball League. David, thank you so much for joining us. No, it's, it's a pleasure, Sam. Um, so let's start off just for uh, people that, that haven't heard of you. Um, can you explain kind of what your role is and, and what it entails? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, uh, I'm a, a post-2012 appointment is the word I'd sum it up. Um, I think uh, a number of sports, it won't surprise anybody listening, that a number of sports were trying to um, be more commercially savvy post-Olympics. Uh, you know, London 2012 was an incredible springboard for uh, for all sports, really. And uh, I think a lot of uh, a lot of sports took a view that they either took this incredible opportunity, really a once in a, a generational opportunity, to kick on and try and really push themselves forward commercially, or the alternative was they said, "Well, that that was a lovely sort of party we had over the summer of 2012, but we're uh, we're happy to return to the status quo." Um, and what really excited me about the BBL was that they definitely, uh, you know, took the former view in terms of they were they were keen to sort of acknowledge that London 2012 wasn't going to happen every day. It was a unique springboard and a real opportunity to kick on. Um, you know, the organisation uh, had lots of ideas, uh, and I f- I feel you know just needed somebody to to help them implement them. And then what, what was your previous background before you joined the BBL? So uh, for my sins, I'm, uh, I come from a legal background um, as a, a sports lawyer. Uh, so my specialities, I guess, were always sponsorships and endorsements. Um, I've worked across multiple sports in multiple geographical territories. 
but most recently, uh, I worked in professional rugby. Um, and, uh, and so basketball was definitely a, a, a change, shall we say. Um, and it, it still, you know, still makes me giggle and laugh every time, you know, colleagues ask me how the basketball's going. And I, it feels like I've kind of taken it up as a sport in terms of playing it. And uh, anybody who knows me would see instantly that I'm not a basketball player. Uh, primarily due to my uh, my size, um, but really, I, you know, one of the interesting things is that I don't have, and and it, it was one of the things we spoke about from the very beginning in terms of with the BBL board. I don't have basketball baggage. Uh, yeah. you know, that was how I summed it up. Um, I was definitely coming at it from a uh, f- sort of a, a fresh pair of eyes, as it were. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been helpful because it means that, you know, what's gone before, uh, I'm obviously informed by it. Um, you know, it, it's uh, anything that's happened in the past, uh, it, it informs my decisions and it, it forms part of the decision-making process. But I'm not blinkered by it in any way. Um, you know, I, I really see uh, British basketball as a, as a, you know, a clean canvas. And that's quite exciting because you don't get that often in sports. Um you know, traditionally, a lot of sports commercially are, are very, very messy. Um, and actually, one of the things that was most attractive about British basketball uh, was the fact that there was a there was an opportunity to really put big commercial strategies in place. Um, you know, be at the uh, at the ground floor, as it were. What well, What was your initial assessment coming in? Obviously, you came in with a fresh pair of eyes. And could see that you know this is the professional professional league in the UK. Um, what did you think that it needed? Where did you think that maybe they it had been going wrong previously that hadn't allowed it to kind of um, build the commercial traction that you've had the success with over the past year? Well, I, the first thing I'd say is I, I I didn't think it was going wrong at all actually. Um, okay. I, I think that there was uh, there were two things, and I'll address them sort of individually. The first was it, it struck me instantly not being a, uh, a sort of a basketball connoisseur. And, and I should point out, Sam, I, I think I'm getting there, um, <laughs> having seen plenty of basketball over the last 12 months. Yeah. The thing that struck me straight away was that as a sport, I actually f- I, I felt like the, the sport suffered from really low self-esteem, funnily enough. Okay. Um, and, and I don't know if that had just come through, uh, you know, perhaps having a couple of, you know, decisions not go their way, uh, you know, some bad luck. I don't know what it was, but it, it, it kind of, it felt like there was a, a sort of a, a not, not an appreciation of you know, where they were doing really, really well. And this was, I guess, what, you know, what a fresh pair of eyes can do, because I was instantly able to come in and say, well, actually, there are bits of this sport that are really, really exciting. Um, and if I, if I focus on just one, you know, Instantly, I was drawn to um, Hoops for Health, the the, uh, the BBL's community program, or one of the BBL's community programs. Yep. And the metrics there are really, really interesting because if I give you, you know, if I, I revert back to my uh, my past, in professional rugby, we always held, and, and this is in general sports circles, uh, Premier Rugby's community model is always kind of held in quite high esteem in terms of having really great numbers, really great market penetration, and just, you know, uh, an all-round good egg in terms of the, the numbers of kids that they have coaching contact with. And the thing that struck me instantly was, well, here's the British Basketball League. 
And our numbers were already trumping Premier Rugby's in terms of, um, you know, if you take last season's figures, mm-hmm. um, Hoops for Health had coaching contact with round about, I think it was 250,000 kids. Um, and that's at a network of over 2,500 primary schools spread across the length and breadth of the UK. Um, and that's an incredible achievement. Yeah. Um, but what I found really interesting was when you looked at some of the uh, commercial information that was being put out about the league, it, it, I won't say it was buried, but it certainly came down the pecking order. Um, so a lot of what I was doing is was just sort of saying, well, actually, we need to, I guess, redress the balance of where we focus. You know, what, what are the really interesting stories within British basketball that we need to be talking about? And more importantly, that we need to use to engage with external commercial partners when you've approached uh you know different partners obviously you've announced a fair number in the past couple of weeks sports direct sporting haven holiday service graphics eurosport um do you find have you found the bbl is quite an easy sell i I think if it's positioned in the right way i I think it is yeah um I, i think there are uh you know sports marketing in general i would say goes through phases where there are definitely items that would become on trend. Um, You know, there are things, uh, it's a terrible thing to say, but there are things that are definitely fashionable. And what's quite interesting is uh, because of the global downturn, um, it's more and more difficult for brands to simply, uh, you know, write a big check out of their marketing budget on sports sponsorship. Because sports sponsorship, I, I don't think, is ever going to be seen as as more than a vanity project in general, you know, in terms of from a marketing budget. Yeah. And the way you can identify that is that in a downturn, sports sponsorship is always the first thing to be knocked off the uh, the kind of the to-do list because it's, uh, you know, it's a nicety, not a necessity. That's the sort of the soundbite. Um, and so when I say that it goes through fashions, the fashion, I'd certainly say for the past uh, several years, has been to move away from a traditional sports sponsorship, which is, you know, here's our logo, put it everywhere, uh, and has moved into, I guess, far more of a, a philanthropic CSR um, position. Um, and, and and just, you know, for, for listeners, CSR is, is corporate social responsibility. So it, it's a move to say, well, actually, let's still get our brand out there but let's do it in a more caring, sharing way. Um, and, and that means that there's a responsibility on rights holders to position themselves knowing that that's what the brands are looking for. And this is why I, you know, I said that I think the BBL was in great shape because actually what we had was a lot of community-based assets where the metrics were incredibly good. You know, we were doing great, great work in the community. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we needed to do was to, I guess, just perhaps flip things on, on its head. And whereas we might have previously led with Sky Sports and, you know, attendance figures at finals going up, which are, you know, all really good stuff. Um, it was just about saying, well, actually, you know, let's talk to you about what we're doing in our community because actually that's really impressive. And knowing that that would push a button with the right commercial partners. So we'll we'll go back to the commercial partner stuff in a, in a little bit because there's some stuff I want to talk about. But one of the, one of the things I definitely want to um, bring up is obviously the the recent announcement uh, 
of BBL TV, which is very exciting and something that has obviously never been done before. Um, so can you tell us kind of how that came about and, and what it is and what fans can expect? Yeah, look, very simply, um, BBL TV was created by the BBL for the fans. There is absolutely no question about that. Um, you know, we, uh, it may not surprise you to know that certainly um, as things stand, it's a subsidized service that we, you know, that we are heavily subsidizing. Um, and that goes without saying, you know, I think a pound a game, yeah. um, you know, there were a few eyebrows raised when I first said, look, this is what I want to do. Um, but it was all about, I guess, giving back to the fans. Um, you know, there's been, I know there's some, been some discussion, particularly since we've met, you know, we've announced Eurosport about the idea that, um, well, you know, why would I do BBL TV if I can get content on Eurosport? And it, it comes right back to the core of why we created BBL TV. And it's all about the, um, the, the sort of the way that you can't compare live sports action to anything else. It, it's a completely different uh, feeling. You know, you watch something live um, and, and it just can't be compared to highlights or delayed. Yeah, of course. And, and I felt that, you know, the thing that, that struck me um, was that we'd obviously had TV exposure for a number of years in, in different uh, varieties. Um, but we needed to really have uh, a full roster of live games. It was the number one priority, simply because of, as I've just explained, live games engage with an audience in, in a way that no other format does. Um, you know, it, it's, it's instant gratification. And I think the thing that struck me when I was looking at the way, um, not just the British basketball, but I would say basketball audiences in general tend to behave, you can look at the way they digest information that they do want sort of instant gratification in that way. You know, they want, they want to know figures, stats, you know, it's very stat driven. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it was then about, well, how do we, you know, how do we deliver um, that kind of instant gratification for the audience? And the easiest way to do it is to have live content available. And I'm very proud that the, the BBL board, um, you know, because as I say, when you talk about one pound a game, you know, it, I, I, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to say, I wonder where, you know, where the revenue stream is in that for the BBL. And the, the honest truth is, you know, as I say, we're, we're subsidizing. It. And the reason we're subsidizing it is I think the audience deserve it. You know, there's no question that, uh, that the British basketball audience um, deserve live content. And if we have to be the ones to, uh, you know, really spearhead the attack on that, then, then we'll do it. And, you know, I think all BBL clubs who effectively sit on the board of the BBL should be applauded for, for you know, having the guts to say, yes, we, we are going to push forward with this because um, our audience deserve it. So... I think if I had one message that I could give to the British basketball audience um, out there, I'd say, you know, get behind this. It's been created for you. Um, there is obviously going to come a point, and, you know, it's likely to be at the end of the season, where we'll do a full review. And it'll be based on, you know, have we ticked a box for the audience? You know, we, we've presented it as a platform, so we think this is what you want. Um 
but only the only the audience, you know, and, and those will be the people listening can tell us if we've if we've got it right. Maybe you know, maybe we haven't, but but I think I think there's a real desire for live content and, and BBL TV will deliver it. And what's been the early sign so far? I mean, have you had a lot of sign ups? Yeah, no, it, it's been it's been encouraging. Um, but it, it's like anything, you know. I think there's a lot of people who will sort of say, "Well, um, I'll, I'll jump once he jumps." It's one of those, yeah. you know, kind of you wait and see, are, are you doing it or are you doing it? Uh, and I would, I would just sort of, you know, again, I just reiterate the fact that the reason we've taken this leap is because we, you know, we think that you deserve it, um, and and therefore. In order to, to make it a success, uh, you know, we really we want you to get behind it. I, you know, I'm very proud of what we've done in terms of you know getting it to this stage because, as I say, it's a it's a big decision to to make to to invest in doing something like this. Um, but we've done it because I think it's the right thing to do. Um, you how, know, how, how are you able to afford it? Is that is all are all clubs chipping in? Like, how does it work like that? Uh, well, it, look, it, it's a combination of it's a combination of different uh, of, of different, I guess, revenue sources to to, to make it happen. Um, the, the key the key thing is that you know there is the ability with support to, to grow it, and and that's the you know that's the interesting thing because if you look at the number of and I'll, I'll probably get a slap on the wrist because I'll probably have the number of fixtures per season wrong. And in fact, Sam, you can probably tell me. Better, but I think there's probably am I right saying close to 200 fixtures uh, through the three competitions over oh, a season. It must be around that. I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly. I'm okay, well, I'm, I'm glad we're in the same boat. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, we're, we're talking about a tremendous amount of content, and and even with 30 games, we're, we're really scratching the surface. Yeah. And so for me. The exciting thing is to say, well, look, you know, there is a desire from us centrally, having created this incredible platform of BBL TV, there is a desire for us to expand it because we're, you know, we are scratching the surface with 30 games. You know, we'd like to start with 30 and move to 60, to move to 90, to, you know, I guess the holy grail is to have every game available. Um, but 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 that needs tremendous support. It, the traction has got to come through the audience saying, "Actually, we love what you're trying to do, and we want to get behind you to to make it happen." You know, because we want to come on the journey yeah. with you. And I'm right in saying they'll be able to uh, log in from their computer. They'll also be able to log into their phone if they've got it in and apps and tablets and all that kind of stuff as well, right? Yeah. So we're working on a, developing an app at the moment, but currently, yeah, it is available um, on the majority of devices. Um, it's in full high definition. Uh, we've got Dan, uh, Dan Routledge uh, anchoring the coverage. We'll have great color commentators uh, that'll differ week on week. Um, we're going, uh, you know, around the BBL. Every single BBL club will be featured in action in our thirty-game package. Um, so look, it's tremendously exciting. You know, one of the things that I think is quite interesting is that it. it, it we are leading the way, and, and, and this might shock a lot of people listening, in terms of there are a number of sports who are looking to what BBL are doing through the BBL TV platform to see if it works, because we are really, we're trailblazing, uh, and that's quite exciting as well. You know, we, you know, we are, uh, you know, we're setting the tone where we're saying, look, this is something that we should be doing, um, and it's nice to have other sports look at you and say, 
that's innovative and that's listening to your audience and that's trying to deliver for your audience and we should do the same. So <clears throat> let's move on a little bit from that. Um, the Eurosport deal that, that's come up, some people are calling it a little bit of a step backwards. Um, yeah. What's your assessment of the situation? Well, well, absolutely not. I mean, you know, I would say in my 12 months to date, I've, I've certainly not taken a backward step. Um, Eurosport was a very, very simple decision to make. Um, we'd obviously had a, you know, a good relationship with Sky. Um, and we certainly haven't, you know, parted on bad terms with Sky in, in any way, shape or form. But when negotiations started in relation to our mainstream broadcast output uh, this season, um, I had one thing at the top of my agenda, and that was a regular slot. Um, you know, I made no bones about it that the most important thing for us to do um, was to take ownership of a, of a slot and to create an appointment to view for British basketball. Um, and that was simply because if you look at the figures, every area of British basketball has gone on one trajectory, and that's upward over the past, let's say, 10 years. And when I say every area, I'm talking about things like bums on seats at, at, uh, at, um, you know, at regular fixtures throughout the season, uh, bums on seats at the, uh, at the BBL finals. I mean, you know, our, our cup trophy and playoff final, all sellouts last year. Yep. Um, you know, we physically uh, cannot find bigger venues in order to fill. I mean, believe me, uh, Andy Webb, our, our chief operating officer, is, is working extremely hard on that thing. But it's a lovely, lovely situation to be in to say we need to find bigger venues because we, you know, we're confident we can fill them. So everything's been going in one direction. The only thing that's really stagnated has been the the, the viewing figures in relation to TV. And again, if you look at that and you look at it and you're a pragmatist, you say, well, the only thing it can come down to, if everything is going in one direction and, you know, the sport is obviously getting more and more exciting, um, the only thing that's sort of making a, you know, a difference is the fact that we're chopping and changing our position in terms of timing. You know, we're being used as a filler. Yes. So... You know, one night we might be on a on a you know one week sorry we might be on a Tuesday night next week we might be on a Thursday, um, and that really for me meant that what we must do is we must fix an appointment to view, uh, and it was just unfortunate that with with Sky we we couldn't get that kind of assurance. Um, Are you willing to share what the what the viewing figures were on Sky or thereabouts roughly? Uh, well, I don't. I don't have them at hand at the moment, so it would it, it, it would be inappropriate for me to uh, you know to to put a figure on it. But what I can say is that you know uh, we could do a lot better. And what was interesting was when we had our finals on Sky, which were uh, you know what I would call an appointment to view, where you knew where that event would be because it was obviously live. Um, the, the, there was a marked difference between that and the the, the delayed content. So. It really came down to, to that. Where can we secure a regular slot? Now, the second thing is that, and this is, I guess, all comes back to, you know, why I would never call it a backward step. Um, it comes down to marketing. You know, we never had any marketing support from, from Sky. And a lot of that was because of the first part in terms of, you know, how do you trail a show where you don't really know where it will be from week to week? Yeah. Um, 
And then the third thing, most importantly, is that if you look at, you know, let's face it, we were on uh, Sky Sports 3 and 4. And if you look at the viewing figures from Sky Sports 3 and 4 to British Eurosport, their front channel, they're markedly different. In fact, if, if we, you know, pluck one figure out of the air, Sky will reach, this is Sky Sports, will reach round about 10 million households per annum. British Eurosport will reach round about, I think it's about 14 and a half million households per annum. And rather than that, and you know, that's 10 million over four, well, I say over four front channels for Sky because they obviously then have their Ashes channel and all their, their different uh, bits and pieces. But if we say that's 10 million over four channels, um, you're talking about British Eurosport 14.5 over two channels. So the numbers, you know, the numbers of people and the reach are far greater. And that's because the platform's available through, um, obviously through Virgin, through Sky. Um, but then again, we get another bite at the cherry by being available on BT Sports platform. Yeah. So I'm aware that we've got to wrap up soon because you've got to head. But um, a couple more questions before we do. Sure. Um, <clears throat> what, what do you think the future holds for the BBL? Like over the next 12 months, what do you want to see happening? What are the priorities for you from a commercial standpoint? I think, you know, um, we get asked a lot, and this probably won't surprise you, when are we going to hear about a title sponsor? And yeah, I, I um, you know, even from my very first presentation to the, the BBL board, which was, you know, just over 12 months ago, I said, you know, this may shock you, but I'm not looking for a title sponsor. Um, and that was because there was a very deliberate commercial strategy that was put in place. And it was all about building confidence in the BBL brand. And that strategy was very simple. It was about creating a roster of brands who were non-competing and could set a really incredible foundation that we could build from. And so if you're asking me what I would like to see in the next 12 months, I would say, We've made an incredible start in terms of we now have that solid foundation. We have that, what I would call a lockup of sponsors. They are, in some cases, global brands. Um, they are brands that are certainly uh, at the top of their game in terms of in their product sector. Um, and the idea is that brands breed brands um, in terms of, you know, we now have that foundation. And my aim will be to add to that family of brands and, and knowing that when I speak to people, we can have confidence and say, well, look, this is our existing roster of sponsors. We want you to form part of that. Uh, the long-term strategy is obviously to have a title sponsor. But the way I see it is it's far easier three years down the line to secure or pick a title sponsor out of your existing roster, having built real confidence and a relationship with them, than it is to cold call somebody and say, look, we've got a leak, do you want to sponsor it? Um, so the strategy was always about building that roster and will continue to be about building that roster and adding to it um, and adding brands that are complementary to one another uh, and brands that reflect well on uh, the British Basketball League. And then finally, um, if you were to play devil's advocate to the BBL, um, what would you say are weaknesses that definitely need to improve for you to be able to move forward uh, I mean I, I think that the, the key thing is really uh, I would say audience engagement and, I, and what I would say is that we 
we need to get better at listening to the audience and knowing, you know, knowing what you want and trying to, to deliver that. And I think we are, we're getting far better in terms of if you look at the, if you look at the three finals, you know, anybody who came to a BBL final um, last year, I hope we over-delivered in terms of um, the experience. Um, BBL TV, another great example of where we're trying to listen to the audience and to, to deliver um, and over-deliver uh, on your behalf. Um, so, you know, I say that I, the key thing for us is to just keep listening um, and keep keep moving forward. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be no backward steps under my watch. Uh, you know, I can guarantee you of that. Um, it's all about pushing forward and, and also uh, sticking to the, the plan. I'm starting to sound, I, I, I'm actually listening to myself, I'm starting to sound a little bit like a politician. But, <laughs> you know, we've got a plan. There's a plan in action and, you know, we're all signed up to it. And so the key thing for us is to stick to it. Yep. You know, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't sort of just bend with the wind. Um, we, we've got a plan. We stick to it, and and we'll you know we'll we'll get where we want to go. I think that's a, a perfect place to finish, David. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been really really insightful. I really appreciate your time. No, well look, Sam, I'm I'm pleased to be able to speak to you. Pleased to be able to speak to uh, to the Hoops Fix audience. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward. This is going to be an exciting season. So uh, <sighs> and may the best team win. <laughs>